Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Save Station Report, where this week we will be going over such topics as a brand new Ghost of Tsushima in development, a, a IP revival from EA, as well as talking about some of the new games we've been playing like Ratchet and Clank and Final Fantasy Integrade and a whole bunch of Steam demos. And that's not all. At the end of the show, we will be talking about some of our favorite game soundtracks. But before we get to all that, I am your host, Dustin, and with me is my co-host, Connor. Hello there. And let's go over some housekeeping stuff. So this week, you were supposed to get the first episode of our Spyro series. Turns out, life got in the way. We were too busy. Connor was on vacation. We recorded that episode, like, what, three days ago or something? I have not had time to edit it. I apologize for that. I could have rushed and got it done, just didn't want to uh, do that. <laughs> so that'll be coming next week. So in its place, we've got this for you. But we all we both played a bunch of stuff that we're excited to talk about, so I think it works out anyway. Yeah, and we did two uh, reviews last time. You get two bonus episodes. <laughs> That's how it shakes out. Yeah, there you go. And that was the original intent of this podcast anyway, was to be sort of supplemental and, you know, we could sod it into weeks where if we got too busy and didn't have time, we could put it here. So it's it, that's its intended purpose. But you know what? Uh, let's change things up today. We normally start with the games we've been playing, but there's not that much news. So why don't we get that out of the way first? What do you say? That works for me. We got a lot of news from E3, which we talked about in our E3 wrap-up episode. So immediately following E3, there's not a whole lot. Everybody's sleeping. I will say, not a whole lot, but two exciting ones. Um, yeah, so let's start off with this one. Uh, we're getting a new EA, or well, not a new game, an old IP from EA is getting a revival. Uh this is I'm pulling this reporting from Video Games Chronicle. Um, Jeff Grubb, who we've talked about before on this, so he's a trustable source, said EA is going to bring back an established IP during their EA Play event on July 22nd. Uh, Gumatsu and a couple others uh, have collaborated that this IP is in fact Dead Space. Um, it supposedly will be a reimagining, so not a Dead Space 4, and it is being developed by EA Motive, who are the developers of the single-player campaign for Battlefront 2 and Star Wars Squadrons, the uh, space combat simulator. Huh, interesting. Yeah, um, so yeah, what is your Dead take space, on this? Dead Space is a series that I have been meaning to get to because of my love of System Shock. I feel like I would really like it. Um, but I don't know, it's... It could. It depends on what this new one looks like, whether or not I'll be into it. If it is a reimagining, they could do something really spectacular with it, or they could really screw it up. So that's some uh, that's some big pressure to put on these developers. So um, best of luck to you. EA has been, I think, on an upward trend recently. Um, so I would like to see this continue. That uh, you know. Battlefront 2 has has is not good, <laughs> I think, by all accounts. Uh, but I hear good things about Squadrons. Um, of course, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I'm sure they're hiring up new people to make a third-person action game versus a, you know, a space shooter. <laughs> uh, 
But if yeah, it, I, if it even is a third person action game, like they could go a first person horror or something ooh, like it's if it's a full reimagining, they could really do whatever. I can't imagine they change it that much, right? Yeah, maybe. Like the it, for, you know, Dead Space like it's iconic. You look at Dead Space and you know it's Dead Space. Huh. Yeah, I I am excited though. First-person VR horror game. That would be that would be weird. <laughs> that would be Yeah, but it could work. It could work. Um I'm definitely excited for this. I I only played through Dead Space 1. Um but I love that game. So <laughs> I'm uh I'm tentatively interested in this. I think it could be very cool. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see when we get to EA's event in the next month. Uh, okay. Um, let's talk about another possibly planned event. Uh, we've all been talking about and speculating, because they weren't at E3, that Sony will probably have an event in the in the upcoming weeks, similar to what they did last year. Uh, which I believe, it just makes sense. Um, but... Some people are maybe looking games from that. So I pulled this from Push Square. Um, this does this one more so than the last one does come from a, you know, a quote unquote leaker. So take this with a grain of salt. Uh, but supposedly we are getting a new Ghost of Tsushima uh, standalone DLC. So think Uncharted: Lost Legacy, um, Spider-Man: Miles Morales, that kind of thing. So. Maybe a cheaper release, but still a physical release, I'm guessing. 40 to $50. Um, yeah, can be sold as a full-length game, but not as in-depth as the main one. Um, and I, I'm going to butcher this, but supposedly the title is Ghosts of Ikashina. Um, which is, I guess, it's an island off the coast of Tsushima and closer to mainland Japan. So that indicates we're getting a new map, which is pretty exciting, actually, for a release like this. Um I, I really hope this is true. I, I saw some people talking about this might be a fall game, like this might be like a announced and it's out in a couple months, which would also make sense. Um I yeah, this would be this would be really exciting. I really loved Ghost of Tsushima, so I'd like an excuse to play it again. Yeah, and this is on top of the like really in depth multiplayer co op mode that they made, so Right. That would be pretty Legends, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's in line with what Sony Studios have been doing over the last couple of years, so if you're looking at, like, a pattern or whatever, this makes sense with Miles Morales and Lost Legacy before that. Um, yeah, it's just interesting, and I, and I hope this rumor's true, but it is just a rumor, so keep that in mind. Yeah, all right, that I'm is all the news, I think, that we both care about. Let's talk about what we've been playing. Um... Let's just let's talk about the the sort of full releases. We'll talk about demos and stuff after. But you have been playing Final Fantasy Integrade. Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrade. Um, notably not Intermission just yet. Uh, I downloaded this when it came out and then immediately left town and my PlayStation behind. So I did not play it when it first came out. I just had it downloaded. But I've played some of it now i've decided to replay the main game before doing the dlc so i'm still not quite done with the main campaign but i will say it runs and plays very very well on the playstation 5 um runs at pretty much a consistent 60 the whole time 
um, looks just about like not overly so, but it does look better than the PS4 version. Um, there's a couple things that like really make it seem like they didn't put in all of the work that it could have used, but also I understand that it's a lot of work and that's where like certain models and textures will just be really low quality. <laughs> I saw some people talking about how they fixed the N64 door, but then that like brought up some other problems where they're like, yeah, that one's fixed, but here's some other stuff. <laughs> Well, so the the main thing that's fixed is, and the problem with the door was that it has a higher res texture, but it wasn't loaded in fast enough. Right, it was the texture streaming issue that game had. Yeah, so the PlayStation 5 remedies that, but for certain objects that don't have higher res textures or don't have higher poly models, um, they didn't change that. So, like, the main things that really stood out to me are some of the doorknobs specifically on Aerith's house um is just a hexagon <laughs> like a hexagonal prism um so <laughs> you're like this is supposed to be round i think but it's not and then also in Aerith's house there's the flowers and the flowers are like cardboard cutouts posed in the shape of a flower with really low res textures and that's not, that's fine when it's like a whole field of them and you're like oh cool but then they do close-ups on them, and you're like, why did you do a close-up of this really low-quality flower? But um, So yeah. that's a little little distracting, but other stuff like the reflections of the like water effects and the particle effects, and then especially like the facial features and the face textures, those are all really, really well done. And they even, like, especially the lighting really pops on the PS5. I'm going to guess the answer is no, but did this get any ray tracing implementation i don't know honestly i couldn't tell you okay yeah um it is weird because that was one of my original visual complaints of that game was like the character models looked fantastic and then you'd like see something like it was just like jarring um and it's it's stuff that like you could see where the resources went and it was towards the enemy models and the character models and not towards the environment (laughs) Yeah, I think it's just jarring when you compare it to other similar linear style games. And you're like, it's just so wild to have that gulf of quality. <laughs> you're like, oh, it's it's just weird visually. And I hope that that's something they can uh, make a little bit nicer in the 7-2 or whatever they call it. <laughs> yeah, especially since the, like, what really baffles me is that they framed these shots to then focus on these low quality things you would think then they would make a high quality version for just that thing that they're focusing on so like when there's one flower in the garden that you're looking at you could make a high quality of version of that one and then a slightly lower quality version of the flowers around it and then keep the garbage quality ones like in out of focus right but they don't they're just all the garbage quality ones so i don't know what's happening uh, you know, <laughs> it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, it still um, plays great. It still runs super well, and um, it's still a fantastic game. It's just a little jarring every once in a while. Uh, yeah. Um, speaking of games that maybe have some visual elements that hold, don't hold up super well, uh, I've been playing Mass Effect. Uh, so last time we talked on here, I believe I was in the middle of Mass Effect 1. I have since beaten that game. And ended up really liking it. It's janky as fuck, but I think uh, by the end of it, I found an appreciation for it. Um, 
And then I jumped into Mass Effect 2, and Mass Effect 2 is wild how much of an upgrade that game is. It yeah, is this like, is a game that I always hear is like one of the best, and is has like the best story in any game. And what did you think about? How would those claims stack up? So I, I, I think the story is fantastic, but first I want to talk about just gameplay-wise, because that was the thing holding back the first game. I enjoyed the story and the, the characters a lot in the first game, but like... Gameplay, it was so janky, it felt like it was, like, a third-person shooter that was being held together by duct tape. <laughs> like, it, it, you know, it, it feels like Bethesda-like in that way, where you're like, oh, this is, like, gonna break at any moment. Um, but Mass Effect 2 just feels like a genuinely polished third-person cover shooter. <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God, this is such an upgrade. It's, uh, it's wild how much better it feels and plays <laughs> than that first game. Um... So, yeah, story-wise, I I am in love with it. I cannot stop playing it. I want to know what's up with every character. It's one of those games where you go back to a base um, after every mission you do, and I'm all constantly like, okay, now I've got to go check in with all the characters and see what's up with them because the writing and the characterization is just so good um, and, and learning what they're, what's up with them. And I, I am in love with it. Um, like I said, I think the shooting and stuff is an upgrade from the first game. It is very much a cover shooter in the way that you're like, you'll walk into an environment and there'll be a bunch of waist-high cover. And you're like, okay, this is an arena. <laughs> like, like it is that kind of game. But overall, I am I, I have, I have in love with this game and I cannot believe it's taken me this long to get to it. Um, highly recommend it. If you cannot stand one, um, supposedly if you don't play it, there's like a like a motion comic you can play to get up to speed and make the choices, so I recommend doing that. I think Mass Effect 2 is, so far at least, halfway through, is absolutely wonderful. Um, yeah, and from what I understand, the ending is, like, the best part of that game, so... Yeah, I'm excited to get there. It's just, like, finding a new character and then, like, doing... they uh, Every party member you get in that game has their own unique mission, and they've all been interesting in some way. Like, they've all been pretty great so far. Um, helping them out with their personal problems and stuff, and then they become loyal to you. It's it's fantastic. Um, I think the only small problem I have with it is it has a good versus evil system. I think I talked about this last time. And, like, it, it's just, like, one of those things where I, I could use a little bit of gray there, you know? Um, there will be some things I do where it will give me evil points, and I'm like, I don't know that that's... <laughs> okay. Um, so... It, it's, you know, all, all those games have that problem where, you know, you'll be like, well, this is technically the right choice, but okay. <laughs> Whatever game. Um, yeah, but I, I think it's, I think it's absolutely wonderful. Um, so why don't you tell me about VR? Oh, you want to jump into VR now? You um, got into some VR. Yeah, so I managed to get my hands on a VR headset. I have the Oculus Rift S, um, which from what I understand, the general consensus is that it's not the best, but um, it's working out for me pretty well so far with um, some major like technical hiccups to work through. <laughs> um, the most annoying is the... like external cameras which it uses to track your environment sometimes will just shut off <laughs> um which requires you to like 
reset the entire software, which also closes the game you're in, which is super annoying. Um, yeah, that sucks. The other thing was um, certain games just like don't work super well, specifically with Steam. Like Steam VR and the Oculus software don't play nice, so I had to get some other software and then reprioritize those things to run over top of whatever else it's trying to allocate data to. Um, to get it to work properly but besides all that the actual games are very fun <laughs> um, the main ones I played were the obvious like tech demo ones like the lab um, Valve's little VR tech demo thing which is very fun um, not anything fancy but enjoyable um, I also played Nog which is a point-and-click puzzle game that you can play in VR as well um, I played it on just keyboard and mouse before, and then I decided to replay it on VR. Uh, super charming, nice little, um, like, has a great little blocky art style to it that's really enjoyable. Um, but great the big name. ones, Nog, yeah, it's great. Um, the big ones that I got were Beat Saber and Half Life Alex. These are like pretty popular VR games. Um, and both of them are very, very fun. Like, they really show what a VR game can be in very different ways. Um, so Beat Saber, if you don't know, is a rhythm game where you're standing in front of a little, um, like a track that's pushing blocks towards you. And then you have two lightsabers and you have to cut the blocks at, in time with the beat. Um... On harder difficulties, it can be quite the workout. <laughs> That's what I hear. Um, yeah, it's like, like I am, my room already is like pretty hot, but I get super sweaty playing that game because I'm way into it. Uh, also, being able to get custom songs for it is very fun. Um, yeah, I mean, most people know about Beat Saber if you know anything about VR games, and it is as fun as it seems. Um, the other like big thing about VR, if you haven't played it, um, watching footage of it is an entirely different experience to actually doing it. And I also mean that in the sense of like motion sickness, where if you are watching a video of someone playing VR and it's like moving around weird and it's a little disorienting, all of that disappears when you're actually playing it. Um, there's a couple exceptions like, um my next game which is half-life alex when you first boot it up if you're using an oculus headset with steam vr it stutters like crazy and it does not like it um this is why i had to get another software to like reallocate resources to it so that it could stop stuttering but when it's stuttering that was the first time i was like oh god this is not oh. very fun <laughs> Um, but that's not how it's intended to be played. So whatever. Um, but I mean, Half-Life Alex is super good. If you're a Half-Life fan, it's basically, it's a little slower than most Half-Life games, which is to be expected because you have to do things manually with VR. So like you have to manually eject the clip out of your pistol and then grab a new clip from your backpack and put it in and then cock the chamber. And <laughs> so it can be a little slower if that is like a complaint to you but i don't feel like it's unfair in that way like you're still given a good enough heads up on when enemies are coming so you can plan accordingly and um yeah it's very immersive 
which I know is the point of VR, but it is no less terrifying when head crabs jump directly at you. <laughs> that is, I, I really want to play that game. I cannot wait for, for, uh, for the chance to, to check that out. Um, yeah, motion sickness is my big concern with VR. Um, it is it is one of those things where I don't think it'll be a problem. I can play most first person shooters without an issue, but I do get like like motion sick, for example, if I'm looking at a screen in a car or something like that. So I am I, um, I, I was over at your house and I had the chance to try it, but I didn't want to because I didn't want to be sick. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, fair. Uh, but I am excited to to borrow that from you when there's when there's time when you're done with it. Um, to give it a full full test. Um, yeah. Um the other things i will say i had to make some ample space in my room because and even still um i don't have a whole lot of space in my room so occasionally if i'm reaching to like open file cabinets in half-life i'll reach over and i'll hit the monitor of my (laughs) desk or whatever Mm. and i don't go super aggressive into it so it's i'm like i just bump into i'm like oh darn um so you know want to be a a Wii owner in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> the careless Wii guy swinging his arms wild. Yeah, um, the Oculus also has a feature called the Guardian, where you draw the bounds of your play area, and then if you get near it, it'll show a grid wall, so that if you... Then it just warns you, like, here's the edge of the play area, don't really go past that, because you might run into something. <laughs> um, which can be super helpful, but it doesn't show up all the time in some games. <laughs> So like, oh, um, most games like that I was playing did that, but then like on occasion, sometimes when I'm playing Beat Saber, it doesn't do it. And sometimes it does. And then Half-Life, I haven't seen it at all. Um, it's oh, also just generally buggy and bad. Weird, so yeah. Huh? Yeah. I don't know. The, the Oculus Rift S has a lot of problems, but for me having the experience to play these VR games that I haven't in a long, haven't ever um, is very, very fun. So I'm overall pretty happy with it. Nice. That's, it's, that's good to hear. Um, that that's cool. Uh, so I fucked up last night or early this morning. Um, you know, I was still up. I, I, I went and saw F9 in the theater. Uh, very fun. If you like dumb movies. Um, and you're fully vaccinated uh, and um, uh, I was up late and I was thinking to myself God, I'm so excited for Halo Infinite I have the Master Chief Collection installed on my PC you know what, I'm going to play a random multiplayer I'm going to suck and play a random multiplayer and die a bunch but I'm going to do it jumped into that uh, and, and that was a bad mistake <laughs> I played it for way too long um and uh, did not do too bad. Didn't do too great, but not too bad either, considering it's been like a year and a half since I last played a Halo game. Um, and the Master Chief Collection is weird because it's basically like, I just set it to, I want to play Slayer. And then it was like, which games? And I went, all of them. So I bounced between Halo Reach 3 and 2 primarily. I didn't get anything from 1. Um, just finding random games. The lobbies filled up pretty quickly, which was nice. And, yeah, Halo multiplayer is just so damn good. It's just so good. It's it's very nostalgic also for me, just playing Halo multiplayer, specifically with, like, 3 and Reach. Um, But, man, playing online with people, there's some people that are just in a next level. (laughs) 
Sure, but I think Halo Sandbox, as long as you understand basic controls and how it works, it's very Call of Duty-like, where, sure, you can be very good at it, but if you're new or haven't played it in a while, it doesn't... Like, you can still get kills, which is nice. And I do feel like it is accessible in that way, uh, which makes it not super hard to come back to. I will say bouncing between those games and having differences in controls was weird. <laughs> and it's like... Okay, in Halo Reach, I had to press X to sprint, but in Halo 2 and 3, I don't have any sprinting options at all. It's just, it's weird um, in that package specifically, but I feel like if you understand the basic sandbox of Halo, you can jump back in and get some kills and, you know, maybe not maybe not go positive KD, but have a good time. Um, it's just, it, it is so good, like... Like, those games have such a fun sandbox, combat sandbox, and I, I'm i so excited for Infinite. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, that's going to be super great. Um, you said they added new stuff to Halo 3? Yeah, they added two new maps to Halo 3. Um, I'm not sure if they're completely new or if they're from... Because I remember they said they were going to add maps from the weird um, Russian free-to-play version of Halo 3 they put out, like, forever ago. Um which if you don't know that exists, that existed for a minute. I don't think it's up anymore. But yeah, if you're in Russia, you could play a free-to-play version of Halo 3. Um, but yeah, there are two new maps in there. And it's just wild to play new maps in an old-ass game like this that I, I know so well. Like, I know Halo 3 like the back of my hand at this point. It's one of those games. Like, when I talk about Spyro on this podcast or, you know, Sonic Adventure 2 and 1, uh, Halo 3 is also up there. Well, Halo 3... But all the Halo games before 4 really are up there in terms of games I just know so well and so like playing new maps in those games it's just weird like it's it's odd it's such a weird experience um, I was running the numbers in my head and Halo 3 is 14 years old now yeah? yep <laughs> that's wild <laughs> 14 years on they're adding new maps there are now, uh, there's now like a seasonal pass thing in Halo Master Chief Collection so there's like weapon skins which is also odd looking. <laughs> like, it's just weird. Um, but yeah, I had a great time. I'm definitely going to get up and play more um, probably after this because, like, Halo Halo's just the best, you guys. <laughs> it's, it's very so fun. fun. Yeah. Um, you played... I want to hear about Mother 3 because you, you purchased a physical, like, fan translation, right? Yeah, so on my trip, you might have seen this on my Twitter, but... Um, I bought some games when I was on my vacation, and one of them was a reproduction cartridge of the fan translation of Mother 3. Um, Mother 3 is a game I've always been meaning to play, now that I've sort of gotten into RPGs. Um, I was not a huge fan of Earthbound when I first played it, but that might change if I go back to it, but from what I've heard, Mother 3 seems like the game in the series that I would most enjoy. And I can say that I am very much enjoying it. Um, it's It does have a little bit of the issue of needing to grind enemies to get to a higher level so that you can deal with enemies more comfortably. But not, mm. not too bad. Like, you might have to backtrack and kill some enemies here and there, but not like you're not going to spend like an extra two hours just grinding to make sure you can fight an enemy. Um, but man, the best part about this game, other than the soundtrack, which is very good, and the rhythm battle system where you can 
if you push the button in time with the music, you can deal additional hits. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it's and it becomes trickier as the um, battle themes get more and more complex, and it's a little harder to find the beat. So Even it's a little... Me, is this more Paper Mario than it is, like, traditional? No, it's pretty traditional. Oh, I think okay. that's the only, like, interactive, like, battle... Th- in mid attack thing um is the rhythm system the other really interesting thing about the battle system and this was also true about earthbound is the health meter will roll down as opposed to just subtracting the total from it so you actually have time before it hits the number that it's going to be to take action so this is especially important if you get hit with a super big attack that's going to kill you. You still have time to react and pull out a healing item so that you don't die. Or you can attack and try and finish the battle before you die. Um, so it adds some urgency there while not being like overly punishing. Like if you just let it roll down, then you just deal with the number you get. Um, but that's all just like, you know, battle system, gameplay. The story of it is very, very good. And I don't really want to talk about it because i've only gotten about like i think i'm on chapter four out of seven or eight um but the story is very emotional and the characters are very well written and you spend a lot of time with them while still having that quirky like mother series humor to it it's very mature and like dark at points so um, i'm very interested to see where it goes how is the like actual mechanical translation like is oh, that the translation landing? Is, the translation is fantastic. It's like um, probably one of the best video game translations ever done. It keeps the same spirit of the of Itoi's writing, which is like the main driving point of the Earthbound series, is that his writing is, has a very quirky rhythm to it, um, which is very apparent in Earthbound Beginnings and Earthbound. And the translation does a phenomenal job of like keeping that rhythm to it keeping the emotion in it as well um none of it feels like weirdly translated it all feels very natural even in english that it's not its native thing um the fan translation also goes so far as to change some assets to mirror the changes that happened in when localizing earthbound so there's like statues that were a statue in the Japanese version, but then were changed to a pencil because it like had to work around some weird Japanese pun that doesn't work in English. So they changed it to a pencil to make it more clear. So this also does that to make it more consistent with Earthbound. That's Um, cool. Yeah, it's super cool. It's something that the fans um, worked like so hard. Like there's probably 10 thousand pages worth of dialogue in this game so it's insane yeah i'd imagine um i I, also real quick audience i i need to apologize if you hear me like clearing my throat allergies bad (laughs) sorry about that um i'm trying to keep it away from the mic but it's happened a couple times um well you want to talk about your demos well let's uh let's let's say that um I, let's let's talk about Ratchet and Clank. Um, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I bought this the day it came out. Um, I have played all the way through it and platinumed it since then. It is my game of the year so far. 
It is so good. Um, it is. It is right now. It's my favorite feeling uh, PlayStation Five game. I think it feels fantastic, like a lot of the Ratchet and Clank games do. Um, it is really heartwarming. It's of course beautiful, as you probably know about this game. Um, it is. It is just a delight. I think it is. Um, it's the best Ratchet and Clank game since, I guess, since um, a crack in time, which was in two thousand nine. <laughs> like. Uh, pretty long gap there, and it is, it's just, it's a, it's a delight. Um, I play it just like, uh, Spider-Man, there's a ray tracing and performance mode, so you can play it, uh, 60, 1080p with ray tracing on, and that's how I played, and it is, it's so beautiful, and seeing it run this smoothly, uh, with combat this hectic, it is probably the most hectic video game I've ever played. Like, there are explosions happening all over the place. It's colorful as hell. Like, the bolts are just flying in at you at all times. It It is cut some of the most satisfying feedback in any video game ever. It's so good. Um, if you've never played one of these games, they're they're basically they're like a hybrid between a 3D platformer and a third-person shooter. Um, so there'll be a lot of arena battles, but you're jumping around a lot. Avoiding bullets. This one they add a a dash mechanic, um, which is super fun and adds a lot to the combat actually. Um, and Ratchet and Clank is kind of known for its like goofy weapons and like variety of weapons. And there are like I think there are twenty in this game, which is a lot. And I think one of the things that has impressed me most about it is they've had there's like every weapon has a counterpart so if you are relying on a let's say a shotgun type and you run out of ammo which you will do um this game is one of those i would say like like kind of like doom eternal where it intentionally kind of limits you on ammo um to encourage you to switch but if you need a shotgun type because you're bouncing in the corner there are like two other guns that serve similar purposes but do different things um for example, there are a couple of uh, weapons you can put out that will do damage for you without you having to pay attention to them. Um, there's Mr. Fungi, who's like a flying drone turret. Uh, he's like a flying uh, uh, mushroom, and and he'll shoot. Um, but if you run out of him and you need more, there's uh, the Glove of Doom, which is returning from the original game, um, who will throw out, like throw. Who you'll throw it, and then four little robots will pop out and start doing melee attacks to enemies. And, and then, even if you run into those, there's a... I forget what it's called, but it's a sprinkler that uh, basically turns the enemies into hedges <laughs> and does a lot of damage. Um, so, like, every weapon type has counterparts that you can use if you run out. And there's just a variety on offer that's really cool. Um, one of my favorites is this ricochet gun. Which, um, it works like you shoot a ball at an enemy, and then that ball will, after it hits them, it'll fly up in the air and it'll glow again, and you'll hit the trigger and it'll hit them again. And you can do that like eight times to an enemy. It's so satisfying, and the best part is you don't even have to be looking at the enemy to do it. So you can focus on dodging gunfire from others while you're doing damage to another enemy, which adds to the chaos, and it's just so much fun. <laughs> like, this game is, it's just a pure delight. Um... And yeah, the story is wonderful. Uh, Rivet is my new favorite platforming hero. She is fantastic. I I cannot recommend it enough. 
Um, how likely are you to recommend it to someone who has never played a Ratchet and Clank game? Uh, I think it's very highly recommended. Um, I think it's pretty accessible to newbies. Yeah, I think it does a good enough job of contextualizing things so you won't be too confused or lost. Um, it, it's, um, yeah, I, I think new people will be fine with this. Um, I mean, I would kind of hope so, especially since it's been so long since the game it's, it's been following so up. long. I do think one of the few negatives about it, um, well, A, I, I think some people might find it a bit short. It is like maybe 10 hours long. It's full price, so keep that in mind if you're worried about a budget. Um, but it does have a fantastic new game plus, so it encourages you to play it again. Um, I, I think the only thing as a fan of the series that that is a little bit of a bummer is... In the PS3 games, they started this whole storyline of him being the last Lombax and finding his family. And this feels like yet again another another case where they kind of brush that off and then they hint at it towards the end. And it's like, you guys got to finish this story. <laughs> um, so I will say that's the only thing that feels a bit a bit of a bummer as a as a fan of the series. Um, but other than that, I, I think it is wonderful. It is. Gorgeous. The implementation of ray tracing looks so good. Clank is so shiny, you guys. He's yeah, so shiny. Yeah, that's something you really gotta... If you're doing ray tracing, you gotta make sure the Clank is reflective. Oh, yeah, and boy, is he. <laughs> yeah, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is is utterly wonderful. It is, um, it, it, it is like, genuinely impressive when you when you load two maps at once <laughs> instantly. Um, yeah, it doesn't... this was something I saw in the trailer that immediately meant like, oh, this is what the PlayStation 5 can do. <laughs> yeah, it's not something you can do on command or anything, but there are a couple levels that feature these crystals um, that if you hit them, they load into a, a, a secondary map, an environment that is a different map. <laughs> and it is like mind-blowing. Um other games have done similar things, but when they do it, they load portions or they load, you know, specific coordinate sections. This is just loading you into a new area instantly, and it is—it's pretty mind blowing. It's—it's it's great. Um, yeah, I—I I cannot recommend this game enough. I want to talk about specific stuff, but I don't want to spoil it, so I'm not going to. But there's there's a lot of fun surprises and a lot of fun set pieces in here that are that are pretty wonderful. Um, yeah, once I play it, then we can talk, Dustin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you need to play it. Um, okay. But I'll you've play been it. playing Bloodborne. Well, I, I played Bloodborne. I finally finished it. I think I talked about it before, but... Or maybe I didn't. I don't remember. The um, This is part of my ongoing series of trying to play all the Souls games. And I gotta say, Bloodborne's as good as everyone says it is. Yeah, it doesn't run at full 60 even on a PS5, and uh, some things are a little too much. In, like, visually, I can concede. Like, some of the fur textures get really intense. But, man, that, this game is so fun, especially to someone who has played other Souls games, because the just the way it approaches the Souls-based combat in a very aggressive manner is very satisfying. Um, this is probably something if you know anything about this game, um, 
it has one shield and the shield is meant to be a joke because you're not supposed to use shields in this game um rather the main offhand tool is a gun and it is all about just like getting in close to the enemy to be able to deal a bunch of damage and then being having the reaction time to dodge attacks while staying close and then if you get hit you can regain some of that health by attacking them so you want to stay really close to them as much as possible um, you can hang back a little bit and spam healing items if you need to um, which i did some for some of these bosses but yeah it is fantastic the world design is really creative um, it does the Lovecraft just like inscrutable enemy design <laughs> really well, but in a way that um, is really beautiful and takes a form that doesn't seem overly gritty, if that makes sense. Like it's very dark and it's very gross, but in a way that like you can appreciate that. Um, yeah, fantastic. I didn't play the DLC and I also skipped over a bonus area that you get a different ending if you do i believe um so i'll go back to it some other day but it was uh, it was very enjoyable for what i played nice yeah i, I haven't been used to try this one i think the more aggressive combat does appeal to me a little bit more than souls even though i did like the half of dark souls i played <laughs> i'll get to that series eventually okay so yeah, uh, I played a bunch of Steam demos for, for some upcoming stuff. Because um, there was the Steam Next, Next Fest, which I believe is over now, unfortunately. So I don't know if these demos are still accessible. Um, I know some of them are, because they were ongoing before this. But but I, I picked two from that that I can talk about. Um, I played a game called Destroya. Uh, or In, In, Industria. Um, Industra? Industria. Yeah, so this is here. it's it caught my eye because it's it looks like an immersive sim. It looks very Bioshocky. Um, it seems to be an alternate nineteen forties, nineteen twenties something around the World War Twos somewhere around there. Um, it's a first person shooter, and it's it seems cool. It's very early. It felt like um, so the demo is stages in two halves the first half is more walking simulator like you're sort of wandering these rooms listening to recordings finding notes um which was was really cool and i really enjoyed and then it transitions you to the second half which is a more combat focused section um so right off the bat i do have to say no controller support for this yet um which for me is kind of a problem (laughs) so i will say uh part of this game's issues might be my issues um, but the combat just felt super early. It, it was fine. It worked. Um, the gunplay was okay. Uh, but you're fighting these robots, and I, I felt like the robots would run up to me, and I wouldn't notice sometimes because there'd be very small ones, and they just didn't make like a lot of noise, so I felt like I was um, not being alerted properly occasionally. Um, so it felt a little janky to some of the shooting, but um, it, it does have problems, and it's definitely one I'm going to keep my eye on. Nice. What else? What other fun demos you find? Uh, I played a game called White Shadows, and this is one I think you should check out. Um, it's it's it is a sort of two two D. Um, I guess you'd call these cinematic platformers. So 
similar to Limbo inside the Little Nightmares games. Um, it, it is that creepy, horror-y vibe. Um, it is, you know, it's like um, somehow even more fucked up um, Nightmare Before Christmas or whatever, you know, that style. Um, and, and it's it's very cool. Um, it's all in black and white. And it all has that sort of like old-timey TV vibe to it. Um, I really like the sound. You're kind of in this like gross factory thing and there's no really background music it's all just industrial noises it's very spooky um and, and it's just got all this like very like steampunk inspired like things um i was in this creepy propeller thing for a little bit it's it's neat i i like it quite a bit um uh, it's oh, definitely yeah. one this to is... keep your eye on this is very little nightmares to me. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is extremely that. So if you're into that, you know what this is. <laughs> um, um th- th- these are two games that I'm pretty sure these demos are have been available before the next fest and are still available. So these are ones I'm I'm pretty sure you can check out. Um, I'm not seeing a demo for White Shadows, unfortunately. Yes, yeah, so that that one was part of the next fest, so that might not be available anymore. Um, but these next two you can definitely play. Um, Demon Turf, which Demon Turf is very cool. So Demon Turf is a three D platformer. Um, it it's 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 a exploratory. It's kind of like Spyro, I guess. Um, it's a little more obstacle challenge based than that, but you are collecting collectibles in the environment and you know some of them might be hidden off the beaten path uh, but the thing about this game that'll strike you immediately is it's a low poly 3d environment but you're playing as a 2d sprite character um and it kind of looks like paper mario a little bit um it's uh it's about a a little diva girl who wants to take over who wants to take over the the devil's turf basically it's very cute um i'm really into the style right now uh in 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 the early levels that it lets you play i i think it's great um it's got a dash mechanic jumping you know all the all the good stuff i i like it so far it's got a little bit of combat where you're shooting projectiles and that stuff i feel it could be a bit better but the game's early so we don't know yet um so I recommend people check that out. And I believe the demo, it's called Demon Turf Trials, and I think it uploads a new level every week for people to play and get times in. So it's it's kind of ongoing content if you're into that. Um, so I recommend checking that one out. Nice. Very cool. And then my favorite game, I think maybe even my favorite game of V3, uh, Unbeatable. Did you check Un- this one out? unbeatable white label correct that is the name of the demo i think just the game is unbeatable um did you end up checking this out no i have it saved but i have not played it yet unbeatable is awesome this is like a weird action rhythm game yeah yes so it's a rhythm game um and it's a rhythm game with two lanes so you know, if you think of a guitar hero with your five lanes, but this has two lanes, um, one at the bottom, one at the top. You're playing as this 
this character, the singer, um, and it's it's really easy. You either push your face button to jump on the controller and hit things at the top, or the D-pad to hit things at the bottom lane. Um, very simple setup. There are there are a couple of wrinkles they throw in. There are obstacles you have to jump over and avoid. There's ones you just have to mash. Um, there's ones you have to hold down. Uh, it, it, so they throw in challenge that way. But it's just a very satisfying rhythm game. Um, it's it's got a dope ass style. It's it kind of looks like it's funny. It's a Paper Mario earlier, but this one also has that vibe where it is two D flat characters. Um, um, it, it's so in gameplay in in the main thrust of the gameplay, it's it's two D. You're you're doing your your rhythm stuff, and it's got a bunch of like really stylistic like you know graphics overlaid and the screen shake, and it's it's really. Um, it looks really cool, uh, and the music is awesome. It's all got this. It's I think it's all by the same band. It's this like pump pop pop punk vibe. It's all um, it's got lyrics. It's very fun. Um, highly recommend checking it out, even just for that. But also, it's got it's it's an adventure game over top of that. So, in the overworld, it's the demo. You can only play a small part of it. But they showed some in one of the like billion indie showcases over E3. But um, it's got this you know Paper Mario style like adventure overworld where you are hanging out in this town. And um, I think the the thing I watched said you were like avoiding cops and stuff and getting ready to play shows. Um, it has this really wonderful like like anime style but it also the whole thing looks like it's on a sort of degrading vhs tape like it's all got this sort of um scan line like look to it it's very cool um and yeah i love the design of the characters i have i really like the writing so far um i think the songs are super fun and the gameplay is just super satisfying this this was one of my surprises of e3 for sure and i cannot wait for it and the demo is super meaty. Like it's got, I think, five songs, and then it's and then each of those songs has a remix, um, and it's got a bunch of different difficulty options for those songs. So you you can spend some time there, you know, getting better high scores and stuff like that. So definitely check out Unbeatable White Label on Steam. Um, super cool. Nice. All right. Speaking All right. of music, you want to get to our big topic. Well, real quick, um, we can do this quickly. You played the big demo, um, Final Fantasy. Oh, uh, Strangers of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origins. Yeah, I want to hear I about that because I did not get to it. I meant to. Um, but yeah, I believe it's is... not available anymore. So, um, It might be if you already downloaded it. I don't know. Um, This is a wild one. <laughs> This uh, is this the is... game with uh, the Eminem looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the protagonist that's wearing a polo shirt. Oh my god. Um, yeah, it's a wild one. So, this I think takes place in the same universe or the same story as the original Famicom Final Fantasy 1. Like the original NES one. Um, I would not know that if it weren't for the Final Fantasy origin but it's weird. So this was the souls like that we heard about 
was rumored and it definitely plays like that um and Team ninja right so yeah they made neo the neo games recently okay that makes more sense than my other comparison which is the 3d ninja gaiden games which i don't think are like this um yeah so it feels weird to me <laughs> like especially having played demon souls and bloodborne recently um it's feels a little like floatier than those and that's kind of due to like just how the final fantasy series feels um the souls games are known for like really crunchy heavy attacks this is not that but it's also kind of slow like a souls game so it felt a little weird to me and that could just be because i'm used to souls games feeling a certain way um the controls also took a little getting used to but that's i'll chalk that up mainly to me playing final fantasy 7 right before that um but it is it is interesting there's a maneuver that it gives you where you can basically you have a parry but it will absorb the attack and certain attacks you can absorb and then use so like if you absorb a fireball you can then throw fireballs back okay and that can be really cool it's also really satisfying to pull off if you like because it doesn't last very long so you have a small window to like parry an attack and then take minimal damage i think there's also a guard where you'll take some chip damage and then you know if you don't block you get hit but yeah i don't know i feel like the characters weren't grabbing me the story wasn't grabbing me either and i know it's just a brief early demo so that could change but um yeah it was it was weird i think it's something that i'll i'll keep my eye on to see if it changes much but um probably not something i'll immediately pick up yeah that that game was so disappointing like the leak sounded so promising and then we actually saw it and it 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 doesn't look great <laughs> i'll be honest the um, other problem i had with the demo and not granted i didn't finish the demo i got some distance into it um was it felt really dark and like muddy like it looked it has that same like xbox 360 muddiness to it um, yeah i was gonna really say i watched the um the digital foundry video on it and they were like yeah no this looks like a, a late gen 360 ps3 game <laughs> it's it's really interesting um i yeah what i don't know i hope this turns out good i know some people were into the combat um so you know we'll see they are you know good on them for putting this out and then be like hey we're taking feedback this isn't coming out soon so you know th this could get a lot better who knows right oh yeah for sure all right so let's 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 move on to our, our, our bigger topic here um recently as of a couple days ago we were treated with a sonic symphony performance um this was part of Sonic's 30th anniversary celebration thing. They announced this was happening a long time ago. Um, I had not realized they were just going to upload this to YouTube. I thought this was like a thing you had to register for. <laughs> but um, yeah, they just put it on YouTube so anybody could watch it. And it was a delight. <laughs> it was so good. 
Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun with this. I think it's about like an hour and a half total. Right. Uh, discounting intermission, which you should still listen to because there's a great like band rendition of the Chow Garden music. It's also a VOD, so you can skip past like the like the countdown and stuff like that. So it's it's probably about an hour total. I think it's over. like an hour and a half. I think the the full video is like two hours, but if you cut out the countdown and then the intermission, then it's about an hour and a half. It is. Um, so it's good. so good. <laughs> I, yeah, I was so. You know, when you get some of the classic ones that I'm really nostalgic for, I was very happy to hear those. And uh, there was even some weird ones, like they had a whole medley for Sonic Game Gear games, which Sega never remembers the Game Gear games, so that was very exciting. Um, and then the second half is all um, the composer of Sonic Colors, his band played for a little bit, and they did Colors music and um, Unleashed and some of that stuff. And then I mean, after just, them, like, what a wild, like, what an intelligent way to structure this thing. Where like I went in and was like, okay, Sonic Symphony, I'll watch some. I'll watch this big band play some Sonic music, sure. And I was like, oh, this is wonderful. And they're putting Sonic gameplay up on the screen, and I'm like, I'm really into it. And then we get that intermission. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, they skipped over some stuff that was a little weird, but yeah, the Game Gear stuff was cool to see. Um, you know, yeah, they, but they, they left out some key things. I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> what happened? They to did, this? and then we get back, and those motherfuckers do exactly what they were doing. This was hype as hell. <laughs> what a we get into that, and then we see this band start setting up, and they start playing the Sonic Colors theme song. Are you kidding me? Oh, it's such, and man, all the tracks that the bands played are so good because they're like the vocal themes or even just like the main themes to the games um and all of those tracks like the vocal themes for pretty much every sonic game are so good yeah and and you were sorry i cut you off but they you know there we got sonic colors we got the um yeah we got tracks from that and then we move over to crush motherfucking 40 (laughs) Yeah, Crush 40, which um, the guitarist of Crush 40 is Jun Senoue, who does, who's composed a lot of the Sonic soundtracks, especially in like the early 2000s era. And man, if you know anything about like top tier Sonic music, it's got to be Crush 40. They did Open Your Heart from Sonic Adventure 1, um, City Escape <laughs> from SA2, um, live and learn from sa2 like there's just so much night of the wind from sonic and the black knight like all of the stuff they played was so good yeah they totally picked like the the top ones to perform it was wild it was so good um i it was it was just so much fun it when the bands mixed and then we got the um the symphony mixing with them like it was it was a delight. Um, yeah, big shout out to everybody involved in that. Especially because, like, you know, you could tell it was a COVID performance. Um, the lead singer of of uh, Crush 40 was clearly in a different space. But, um, you know, I, I think that's a pretty big, amazing feat to put on a concert like that. I It was so much fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and, like, huge props to the people that arranged the orchestral versions because those sounded great while oh, keeping yeah. like 
like a lot of those are not built for orchestras. <laughs> They're built for a Sega Genesis sound chip or a Sega Game Gear sound chip, but they made them really work for orchestra and really brought out like the important elements of the song to really sell it. Um, they all sounded fantastic. Um, also huge shout out to T Lopes for getting the he helped arrange the Sonic 1 medley, and then also he was the composer of Sonic Mania, so all the Mania tracks that showed up were him, and I'm just so proud of him for doing all that, and yeah, oh, it's so good. Um, I thought Tails' theme from Sonic Adventure was beautiful. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, and you were not a fan of that originally, so... <laughs> no, no, I, I thought Tails' theme was fine. It's Amy's theme that I think is absolute trash. <laughs> um, but... It, yeah, I, I I thought they they crushed it. Um, yeah, Dickie said it was it was the band that did Sonic Colors. It was Crush Forty, the Symphony. Um, they had a YouTuber on who I've seen before to do um Sonic covers called um what was his name? Nate wants to battle. Nate wants to battle. He he did the vocal performance for um Escape from the City and one other thing. Um, everybody there just crushed it. It was so good. <laughs> it was so great. Um highly highly recommend you go watch that it's on sega's youtube channel um it's on the official sonic the hedgehog youtube channel yeah definitely definitely recommend but we thought we'd take this time and, and just kind of ramble on uh since it's kind of a bonus and just talk about like what are our favorite video game soundtracks um you know of course because we, we're, we're big sonic fans along here we like all that stuff but what else um So this is something that I have been thinking about somewhat recently, and I actually put together a playlist of my favorite video game music, but with the stipulation that I was only allowed three songs per game, Oof. which was painful for some games, um, mostly Sonic. When I got to like Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 and I only had to pick three songs, it was so hard. <laughs> Um, real quick, do you want to hear what my three songs for those two games are? Yeah. Because um, they're probably not what you would expect. Um, well, Sonic Adventure 1, we have Open Your Heart, of course. Sure. Um, Azure Classic. Blue World from Emerald Coast. Okay, yeah. And the Chow theme. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a little jaunty, a little upbeat. Um, Sonic Adventure 2 was extremely difficult, but I decided Escape from the City... Uh, that's the way I like it from Metal Harbor, and I'm a spy from Security Hall. Okay, I'm okay with this. Those are those are good picks. I mean, not like there's a bad pick on the soundtrack, but no. No, um, unless it's Amy's theme from SA One, which I guess is also in SA Two, unfortunately. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, <laughs> I think there's probably close to 50 Sonic songs on this playlist alone. Um, the playlist is like 230 songs, so it's a lot. I like video game music a lot. Um, so I want to hear what your picks, your top video game soundtracks would be. Ooh, top. And this is like off the top of my head, by the way. I'm not as prepared as, as Connor is. Um, I, so playing Mass Effect recently, actually, Mass Effect 1 has an awesome score. <laughs> like, it is really good. It's got a lot of heavy synth vibes. It's just, it is a a really beautiful score. There's one particular at the end of the game that 
wish I could remember the name of it, but it is it is like beautiful and like weirdly haunting. I recommend Mass Effect 1's in particular soundtrack. Mass Effect 2 also has a great soundtrack, but Mass Effect 1 really stuck out to me. Um, Another one we both probably share love for is the Doom soundtracks, Doom 2016 and Eternal. Oh yeah, the modern Doom soundtracks are very fun. Um, the classic ones are also pretty good, but yeah, those modern ones just shred. Yeah, I would say along the same vein though, um, both DMC4 Five and DMC the reboot have, oof, they have immaculate soundtracks. They're so good. Um, and DMC five doesn't have that many tracks, right? Like it just uses the same battle theme over and over. No, it's it's got it's got more battle themes. Um, but uh, the are you thinking of the vocal track that was kind of the centerpiece of that first trailer? Um, yeah, I mean, but even still, like if I had to listen to that over and over again, I wouldn't be mad. I mean, they use that track a lot. It's very good. <laughs> but, yeah, I wouldn't be mad. But even, um, I think it's a, a Dante's theme, which is this, like, screamo, uh, you know, metal track. Is It's just so good. It fits in so with the gameplay, and it it just works. Um, that is something I love. I, I love when action games have high-paced vocal tracks to accompany the action. And I think DMC has done a really great job of that. Uh, the DMC reboot also has some excellent vocal tracks. Um a lot of like more industrial style metal, but like with with screaming vocals, it's 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 excellent stuff to accompany that game. Um, and then I was I'll say in the same vein, different genre, but Bayonetta. Um, oh yeah, Bayonetta also has some great. excellent battle music. Um, very fun, a little more jazzy. Like it's it's very good. Some of my favorites. Um, you know, of course, I I had to. You know, we we talk about it more in depth in the episodes, but Spyro music I think is wonderfully unique and and excellent. Um, yeah, Spyro is up there. Um, another one of my favorites is Cuphead. Uh, very jazzy, oh, yeah. very bouncy. Love that score. Um, I also love the official soundtrack versions where they have different like soloists. <laughs> um, and I think in game, like every time you play the stage, it'll have like a different soloist in the jazz piece. <laughs> Like it's very oh, very good. Cool. Um, I I'd be remiss not to bring up Halo, some of the most identifiable video game music pieces in history. Oh yeah, especially that main theme when you hear that, oh, yeah, like that Gregorian you know chant, what it is. like. But yeah. then it gets into that like riff and like every ending piece to the games like the ending of halo 3 and the ending of halo 1 like those bombastic like action scenes they're so good oh yeah um also shout out to the remake the remaster halo 2 soundtrack for being just the dumbest like shred metal ever <laughs> oh the guitars I mean, in that are wild yeah <laughs> shout out to that breaking benjamin song from original halo 2 <laughs> Uh, yeah um good shit um another iconic score another iconic series that has great music would be mario what are your favorite mario scores i mean honestly i don't like mario stick like uh, you know of course like you know one one you know classic force but i don't think i can think of another like like, it's good. Like, Mario Odyssey is great music, and Jump Up Superstar is great, but I don't think it sticks out to me as much as other things. 
Oh, but man, when you get into just listening to like the Super Mario Galaxy score. Oh, Galaxy, Galaxy has 2, a fantastic score. You're right. You're right. Galaxy scores phenomenal um i also really love the vocal tracks in odyssey the jump up superstar and honeymoon ridge they're so good right yeah yeah um also in that vein though mario kart has fantastic music specifically mario Mario kart 8 yeah um and you know what i i i think um mario 3d world has great music but i also think uh youtubers have made me sick of it <laughs> because everybody uses it fair enough um, so maybe that's where my like like i don't know if i can think of anything great is coming from <laughs> like the main thing that game is great it's just like everybody used it in their youtube videos from you know 2014 till now <laughs> i'm like i'm sick of hearing it um oh, uh, what's an obscure game that has a great score that you think is underrated and i'll give you time to think about it as okay. i say mine okay say yours I mean, I've, I probably have a couple, but um, the specifically the trap pe- track Pepper Steak from the game Off um, has a very good, like, bounciness to it while also being creepy, which is, like, exactly the tone that that game has. Um, very, very well done. Um, uh, Rocket Knight Adventures on the Sega Genesis has pretty good opening theme. Um, Rystar on the Psychogenesis also has pretty good music. Um, do you got one yet? I could keep going. I'm struggling to find, to figure out something that would be obscure. Um, of course we both love the soundtrack for Anodyne 2. Um, oh yes, that's a fantastic score. And the original Anodyne has great, great music too, but I think Anodyne 2's soundtrack is near perfect. Um... Anodyne 2 soundtrack is something that I woke up early to get a pre-order of the vinyl for. <laughs> like that if you that shows how much I like that score. Yeah. Um something obscure. I Yeah, I'm failing on this one. Um I'll I'll cover for you. I got also like Zero Escape 999 has some pretty good like tense te- techno music. Um Spark the Electric Jester's main theme's pretty good. Uh, Space Channel 5 has fun music. Like, I, I have a lot. <laughs> I like weird things. No, that's fair enough. Um, I gotta give a shout-out for something. I feel like we're, t- we're talking about a lot of upbeat stuff, so maybe faster stuff. I think The Last of Us has an amazing score. Um, very somber. <laughs> but that, that game's use of, like, a sad banjo is <laughs> something that I will never forget. Um, oh, yeah. Sad banjos. <laughs> um, That's a game where you can tell that the soundtrack and the score is used so sparingly so that when it is used, it hits really hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. When it hits, it hits. Um, God, there, I mean, there's so many notable ones. It's so hard. Like, I, I'm thinking of Flower and Journey. Like, oh god yes the music in those games is so brilliant and like in particular in journey when like you hit those down moments and it's 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 like almost haunting and then you get to the sort of the triumphant bits of that game and it's like holy shit this is so good um i would shout out yeah. control as a more recent game another um, thing i wanted to say about journey though a great thing about that is that 
when you're playing in two player mode, like if, when another player joins you, it actually adds additional instruments to the music. Oh yeah. So like that instrument represents the second player. And then when they leave that instrument leaves with them, it's so good. Yeah. Um, control has great music. It also has one of my favorite musical moments. In a video oh game. my God. That's the best moment of that game. And we're not yeah. going to spoil it, but God, it's so good. Yeah, we got to talk about that on a review someday. Cause if you played the game, then you know that moment. Yeah, it's, it's very good. Um, similar vein. Max Payne three has a fantastic music moment. Um, that, that I think is, is almost unbeatable. Maybe until control. Um, you know, I can't think of the, the actual scores themselves, but as far as a musical mechanical thing, Sly Cooper has this like sliding scale of notes whenever you're tiptoeing, where it goes dun, 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 where he's tiptoeing around and getting you to cover. It's it's very cute. Um, oh, that's very fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention literally like 90% of the Castlevania games. <laughs> Um, my highlights being, of course, Symphony of the Night, um, Order of Ecclesia, uh, Lament of Innocence, um, Curse of Darkness, and other stuff like Rondo of Blood and the Famicom version of Castlevania 3, where they had like an additional sound channel for the Famicom disc system. Um, all sounds great. I love that. Um, gotta, gotta, gotta give a shout out to Bioshock as a series. Oh yeah, that has a really great vibe to it. Yeah, uh, great use of score to create atmosphere. Um, I I love. There's a like a little violin stinger in Bioshock Infinite when you when you do a melee kill. Um, that that I always think about. Um, is another like musical mechanical element. Um, oh, I mean, an obscure one that you showed me was Buck Bumble. <laughs> <laughs> the Buck Bumble theme is a banger. It's so good. Check out the Buck Bumble theme, y'all. Um, oh, man. It's just, there's so much. Um, oh, yeah, there's so much that we're missing, too. But I'll, I'll, I'll probably share my music playlist on the Twitter so that you can check it out. It is um, 235 songs right now, and I will continue to add to it. Um, there's no way I could talk about all of that. We, uh, I gotta say... Um, the uh, the PS2 Ratchet and Clank games in particular have have fantastic soundtracks that you would be really into. So, me specifically, yes. Okay, yeah. check out I the original games out. music because they're they're really good. Um, and oh, the Ra- and Rift Apart has has a great soundtrack as well. Nice um, ones we've mentioned on the show too, or like Hotline Miami, Fury, Ghost Runner, like yeah. all of those are fantastic as well. Yeah, super good. Um, you know, there's great license soundtrack too. Tony Hawk, GTA, um, stuff with just like good selections of music. I find that like every GTA game has like pretty wide and diverse music selections. And then Tony Hawk, of course, we we talked about. Um, I actually think the first Watch Dogs, I remember thinking that had a pretty good music selection <laughs> um, in terms of licensed stuff. I'm so glad that we have such a wide difference of tastes that like, cause I would not have thought of any of that stuff. My picks are like Hilux two 
so good has a lot of really good crunchy bass and like hades has a really good like lute playing to it um oh yeah. i've heard yeah i've heard hades soundtrack and it's it's really good um and i will say a game i have not played but i've heard a lot of the soundtrack for because it's really good um fucking uh oh god damn it risk of rain 2 risk of rain yes, 2 soundtrack that one's very is good awesome um it's it's a it's really cool um, I'm now looking through my. Oh, I gotta talk about Assassin's Creed. Uh, Ezio's family theme is one of it's one of those video game themes that you should all know. <laughs> like, you'll know it once you play it. It's it's so iconic. Um, and as well, the rest of the music in those games too is also really good. Um, The Witcher Three has excellent music. Um, uh, one of the games that the music is almost more interesting than the game itself for me is jet set radio. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Uh, those soundtracks are very funky and really great. And the games are really fun, but like I've probably listened to the soundtrack a lot more than I've played the game. Um, also in that same vein and um, has some similarities as well as lethal league. Um, I know the composer for Jet Set Radio did at least one song for Lethal League Blaze. Um, those ones have really good soundtracks too. And then he's also doing the soundtrack to Bomb Rush Cyberfunk whenever that comes out. Right. Um, speaking of composers, I feel like anything Mick Gordon does, like we talked about Doom, um, Prey, um, which oh, we also yeah, talked about on so the show, good. is fantastic. He also did the Wolfenstein scores, the modern ones, which also just rule so hard um yeah good on you mick gordon yeah mick gordon is is really good at what he does <laughs> um i think that's all i got off the top of my head i'm trying to oh yeah there's we could go on and on yeah, I'm telling i mean you, yeah. like I persona mean, 4 persona 5 no straight yeah, roads fallout fallout has Pikmin. a very unique musical style um rhythm heaven everything in rhythm heaven oh that's a good one too yeah silent hill 2 like we could go on and on sorry well now i'm just scrolling through the steam store (laughs) all right make a playlist and then we'll post it to the twitter yeah good idea um yeah and tell us your favorite video game soundtracks Oh, we didn't even talk about Final Fantasy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's sitting on my playlist too. Like Final Fantasy VII, the original, and the remake. And then also Final Fantasy Mystic Quest on the Super Nintendo has oh. like the... Like the game is not great, but then the soundtrack shreds. Okay. Okay, good to know. Um, yeah, let us know your favorites. Oh, Yakuza. Yakuza is great music. <laughs> <laughs> We have to stop. Guys, Yakuza's <laughs> music is so good. There's karaoke <laughs> in those games. It's so great. It's, it's the best. <laughs> Play Yakuza, you cowards. <laughs> yeah, okay. definitely tell us your favorites on the Twitter. You can find that at Save, Save Station Pod on Twitter. Um, I'll post my playlist probably either there or on my personal one at Conifer SSR. Uh, where can they find you, Dustin? They can find me at Dustin H Dragon uh, uh, on Twitter, and um, you you can tell me why I'm right on all my opinions or whatever. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm, I'm very distracted. 
now. <laughs> I know, I've got you on the music kick. You've got me on the music kick. Uh, ooh, Deus Ex has some good music. <laughs> Wrap the show up, please. <laughs> um, never. Um, yes. Thank you for listening. Spyro should be out next week, I promise. Um, Spyro the Dragon 1, it's very exciting. I'm very proud of that episode. Uh, and please remember to be good to each other. Yeah, and take care. Bye.